Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. My guest proves the biblical feast of Passover unlocks mysteries in the book of Revelation. This feast is a blueprint for you to understand the end times. Next. Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Is God ready to bring a tsunami wave of healing onto planet Earth today? Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Welcome, Holy Spirit. This is your platform. Take over. I release God's glory in Yeshua's name over everything done this day. Now, most Jewish people that believe in Jesus have had major supernatural encounters with him. This is what happened to my guest, Rabbi Kurt Schneider. I want to find out how he went from being a nice Jewish champion high school wrestler living in a community that was like 90% Jewish, his whole world was Jewish, to such a bold spokesman for Jesus. How did it all happen? Wrestling became my identity. I started wrestling in seventh grade, and each year that went by, I became more and more focused until I got to the place like I was a professional athlete. I trained all year long, had one goal, was very, very disciplined, and I got to the place where I felt there wasn't anybody that I couldn't beat. And I felt so secure and so powerful and so control in that environment. I even got a small scholarship to wrestle in college. But what happened was, when I walked off that wrestling mat, after wrestling my last match in high school, said just like that, that quick, as soon as I walked off that wrestling mat, it was like I didn't know who I was anymore. Because I realized going forward in life, wrestling didn't mean a hill of beans anymore. I was the oldest child, so about to leave home on my own, going to college. And wrestling wasn't reality. It wasn't what my world was going to be any longer. And so I lost my identity. I didn't have purpose anymore. I was afraid, realizing that I wasn't in control anymore. And there were forces at work in the universe that were more powerful than I like death. And I was in a tailspin. When I went to school to the University of Tampa, I spent as much time that first year sleeping in my dorm room just to escape the torment I was in. I didn't know what to do with it. I literally felt the devil laughing at me, almost possessing me, making me laugh at myself. Even though I had no like formal theological training about a devil, I could feel him. So I'm very, very lost, very lost, searching for answers. Eventually I drop out of college, thinking maybe if I made a lot of money, I'd feel a little bit better knowing that money wasn't the answer because we grew up in a fairly wealthy neighborhood, but I didn't know what to do. It was like, maybe it'll help a little. So I'm in the process of trying to put together this business venture, 
and somebody uh, gave me a book. They, well, actually, what it was, I was, I was doing, I was a sales manager for an uh, encyclopedia company. So I met one of the other sales managers one day. He told me about this book he was reading called Autobiography of a Yogi, about this guru from India that supposedly could levitate off the ground. And Sid, it really sounded fascinating to me. I thought, man, think of what bliss you'd feel levitating off the ground. So I went out and bought the book, first book I ever bought in my life with my own money. In the middle of the book, I went to sleep one night. Now, I never heard anything about Jesus growing up. He was as far away to me as the man on the moon. But this night, in the middle of reading this New Age book, I go to sleep, 1978, it was a hot August night, never did LSD in my life, just to set that record straight. I'm woken from my sleep in the middle of the night into what I describe as a state of conscious awareness. Suddenly I'm aware that I'm, a, I'm not asleep anymore. I'm like heightened, like what's going on? I'm aware that I'm aware. And in that state, in an instant, I had a vision of the night. In color, Jesus appeared on the cross. I could see the terrain that the cross was staked in. There were people in the distance looking at him, said as he was being crucified, and then a ray of red light from straight through the sky, from even above the blue, a beam of red light about this thick beamed down on Jesus' head. And when I saw that ray of red light come through the sky onto his head, I knew the light was coming from God. I understood the symbolism, and I knew that God had just revealed himself to me and showed me that Jesus was the way to him. Okay, so you, you, you have this revelation of Jesus. You go home to tell your parents the good news. Yes, How'd sir. that go? Oh, yes, sir. Well, I was actually living in my parents' home at that time, but I got up the next morning, and I, I told them what happened. I was so excited, because I had no idea the reaction I was going to get, because like I said, Jesus was never brought up in my home. I was just so excited, now I had hope. And uh, they didn't react much for a few days. But then I started telling everybody about it, and I knew a lot of people. So somebody eventually said to me, you need to go get a New Testament. So I went and got a New Testament, started devouring the New Testament, threw out autobiography of a yogi when I realized the teaching of the New Testament was different than the New Age book. And then I was, I'd go to my dad, I'd say, Dad, look at this verse. God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ. And all of a sudden, when they saw how serious I was and that I was continuing, they panicked. The first thing they did was they hired the most famous deprogrammer in the country, Ted Patrick. They flew him and his team in from California. My dad told me, don't make plans on Sunday. We're going to go talk to somebody about buying a restaurant, and we'll be in business together. So that Sunday comes. They drove me to the hotel. We went into the room where I thought we were going to a business meeting. The door closes behind me. Inside the room waiting was a short, distinguished-looking man in the three-piece suit. That was Ted Patrick. He had two bodyguards with him, about 6'2", 200 pounds. Door closes behind me, and uh, Ted Patrick looks at me and says, Kurt, we're going to talk about cults. Then they flipped on a projector, started showing a film of the Hare Krishnas, pointed to one of the little kids in the Hare Krishna sect that was dancing around, and Ted said to me, you see that kid? I can't help that kid. All he's ever known is Hare Krishna. But you, he looked at me, you've been living for 20 years like a normal person, and I consider it a personal challenge. I'm going to snap you out of this. So I stood up. I said, I'm not programmed. I just believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He said, well, you've got nothing to worry about. I said, well, can I leave? And one of the big goons said, sit down. So I knew I wasn't going anywhere. So I asked permission to go into the bathroom that was in the hotel room there. And, to, you know, and they said, yeah, you can go to the bathroom. So I went into the bathroom. 
got on my knees. I said, Lord, I don't know where this is going, but I ask you to keep me. So bottom line is they brought me back to my home that night. One of the goons slept in my bedroom. Next day, we got in my van and we drove to the rehabilitation house that they had set up in San Diego, California, where they took me to the beach in the day and the bar at night, hoping if they could just get me away from whoever they thought was programming me, I'd snap out of it. <laughs> they didn't realize no human agency even spoke to you. Yeah, it was, it was I, I actually felt bad for my parents that they spent so much money for nothing. I want to hear about the end time blueprint in the Feast of Passover. Be right back. We will be right back to It's Supernatural. When you submit a prayer request at sidroth.org slash pray, we print it out and place it inside of this basket. The basket is then taken to our prayer room where every morning each team member selects a stack of prayer requests, reads through them carefully, and prays for each one individually. So if you or someone you know needs prayer, please submit your prayer request to us at sidroth.org slash pray or by calling or texting to 704-943-6503. We now return to It's Supernatural. So, Kurt goes to an anti-spirit-filled Bible college. He gets married. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. You're a maverick all the way. Praise God. <laughs> uh, and and uh, you say, now you say the only book the first church had was the Tanakh, the Jewish scriptures, and Jesus filled the entire Old Covenant up with meaning. Explain. Well, that's so true. And you think about the fact that the New Testament believers that we read about, they didn't have the New Testament like you and I have it today. All they had was the Hebrew Bible. And remember the story how after Yeshua was crucified and the disciples were shipwrecked. I mean, they didn't know what happened to him. They had left everything to follow him, believing he would liberate Israel from Rome and that he was the Messiah. And now he's crucified. They don't have revelation yet about what has happened about the resurrection. They're not fully convinced. And so they're walking down a road on the way to Emmaus, and they're downcast. And the scripture says, as you know, said that somebody appeared to them that looked to them like a stranger, but it was actually Yeshua, it was Jesus. And it says that this stranger took them on a journey through the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, revealing to them how the Christ was going to suffer. And then he opened their eyes, and they saw that this stranger was actually Jesus. And then they saw Jesus all through the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. How it was all already there, but their eyes just needed to be opened. Give me a little bit of Jewish understanding of the blood. The blood of Yeshua is so, it, there's not even words that I can speak that convey the depth of the power of the blood of Jesus. It's what separates him from every other spiritual pathway to God. The fact that God himself clothed himself in humanity, died on the cross, spilling his blood. His blood came out representing that his life had been given. That is the only means of forgiveness that is possible for mankind to be reconciled to his creator. Because the law of justice and mercy is this. God can't forgive sin just because somebody says, oh, I'm sorry I did that, you know, forgive me, it was wrong. The holiness of God demands justice. And so God created justice 
when Jesus, the innocent one, shed his blood, dying in the guilty one's uh, place. It's called substitutionary sacrificial atonement. And it's all through the entire Hebrew Bible, from the very beginning, even beginning with Passover. All the Hebrew scriptures are about God forgiving mankind through blood atonement, an innocent one dying on behalf of the guilty. Now, uh, you teach that Isaac was a perfect picture of what was coming. Judaism believes that God's grace after the fall of Adam and Eve, that the grace of God was largely cut off from the world until Abraham offered up Isaac unto the Lord. And when Abraham offered up Isaac to the Lord on Mount Moriah, then the grace of the Lord was once again released to Israel and the earth. The reason this story is so important, Sid, is that in the story, Abraham represents God the Father. Isaac represents Yeshua, but here's what many people have not seen. Most Christians, when they think of Isaac, or when they've seen a picture of Abraham sacrificing Isaac, they picture Isaac to be like 11 years old or younger. Yeah, a kid. A kid. Like Isaac was just, uh, you know, someone that was doing what his parents forced him to do. But in rabbinic Judaism, as you know, we believe that Isaac was actually 37 hmm. years old when Abraham offered him up, which changes the whole narrative of the story. Yeah, Isaac, Isaac was a willing sacrifice. He could have defended himself easily. Exactly, exactly. So uh, Abraham, God the Father, his love, his love, and then Isaac, 37, a full-grown man, by an act of his own will, offers himself up so that God's grace could be released to the world, the perfect picture of Yeshua. You know, many Christians are confused and don't really understand uh, the, the role of Israel in the last days. Give us a little understanding. Well, it began with Israel. It's going to end with Israel. The gift and calling of God upon Israel is irrevocable. Yeshua is not going to come back, as we know, until the Jewish people are saying, and this is according to the words of Jesus himself. Jesus said, you will not see me again. He was saying to the Jewish people, until you're saying, Baruch haba, Bashem Adonai, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Yeshua is not coming back until there's a mass of Jewish people that have received him and are calling out for him to return. Why would you say, among even good Christians, many their eyes are blurry when it comes to the Jew in Israel, yet it's so clear in the scriptures, I, I can speak and you can speak right. forever from the scriptures about God's plan for the Jew and the Gentile in the last age, the one new humanity. Why the blurriness? I think it's for several reasons. I think that as the gospel went out and Jewish believers began to become excommunicated from the synagogues, just as Jesus predicted they would, they'd be thrown out of the synagogues, and Paul was sent to the Gentiles because the majority of Jews were not receiving the message of Yeshua. Eventually what happened was as the gospel spread amongst Gentiles, they had no understanding of the Hebrew scriptures or of the role of Jewish people. So that's one reason why Gentiles are uneducated about the importance and the role of the Jew in God's plan of redemption. I think the other reason, Sid, personally, is that pastors are threatened by it. I think pastors uh, don't want to give Israel their rightful place because somehow it makes them feel less important. And so it's not being taught. And then also it's, I think, fair to say that many pastors have never been taught themselves, so they don't know to teach it. So as a result of these three things, much of the church has not been educated on the importance of the role of Jewish people. Okay. Explain some of the blueprint 
in the feast of Passover for the end times. Over 20 times in the book of Revelation, Yeshua is referred to as the Lamb. John the Baptist introduced Yeshua as the Lamb of God. I realized this is Passover language. And so I understood that to understand the book of Revelation in which Yeshua is predominantly portrayed as the Lamb, I realized I needed to understand the book of Revelation through the lens of the Passover. So if you look for, at Passover, for example, Israel was in Egypt when the plagues fell. And in the same way, I believe that the church will be in the world until the final wrath of God is poured out, even as Israel was in Egypt until God's final wrath was poured out when he drowned all the Egyptians in the sea. So there's a lot of typology here. Of course, uh, Yeshua is prefigured in the Passover as the lamb, uh, from the Lamb in Passover. Pharaoh is a figure of Satan. The, the sea parting, when the Lord parted the sea so that Israel supernaturally crossed over to the Promised Land, that's a symbol of the rapture. I can't wait for them to read all the uh, wonderful resources we're making available, but when we return, Rabbi Schneider will tell of a prophetic dream that brings clarity to the last days. Be right back. We will be right back to It's Supernatural. Call or go online at SidRoth.org to get Rabbi Kurt Schneider's brand new book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed. Plus, receive the brand new and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, The Power of the Blood of Yeshua. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Best for offer number 9914. Now more than ever, God's people need to be grounded in their faith. We're moving into a time on earth where there's going to be such pressure to compromise. And those of us that are taking a stand for Jesus are going to be accused of being narrow-minded, bigoted, hateful. We can't let that stop us. And unless you know, beloved ones, that the blood of Jesus Jesus is the only means of salvation that our Creator has made, you're going to get washed away by compromise. With Rabbi Kurt's new book, you will see that for thousands of years, the Bible from beginning to end is the prophetic signpost pointing to God's Son, Jesus, as Savior of the world. No longer doubt and become totally positive that Jesus is the Messiah. See how the New Testament writers use numerous passages from the Old Testament to show that Jesus is the Messiah for the Jewish people and every person in the World. I go through the entire Word of God, beginning in Genesis, all through the Hebrew Scriptures, then through the New Testament, the Brich Hadashah, and show you all the instances that illustrate this truth that I'm sharing. Beloved, the reason this is so important for us is because if we don't get this, we are going to be spiritually weak. With Rabbi Kurt's three-part audio CD teaching series, you will learn about Old Testament types and shadows that reveal the great significance of the blood of Yeshua. Realize how your salvation is grounded in the power of Yeshua's blood and much more. Rabbi Kurt Schneider will pray anointed prayers of faith over you. Call or go online at SidRoth.org to get Rabbi Kurt Schneider's revelatory new book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the the pages of the Hebrew Bible. Plus, receive the brand new and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, The Power of the Blood of Yeshua. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9914. Or send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina.
Carolina 28278. Please specify offer number 9914. We now return to It's Supernatural. Uh, Rabbi Schneider, tell me about this prophetic end-time dream you had. I was in an old-fashioned, white, country-like church, just an old structure, white steeple. There was about 200 people in the church. I was just in the pews with everybody else. We were all standing, all 200 of us, and every single one of us was so focused intensely on worshiping Jesus. We were singing to Him, but I've never experienced a sense of that type of unity and intensity in focus on Jesus, and we were asking Him to return. And I sensed in my spirit the reason we were so intense on asking Yeshua to return was because people were hurting so bad, and life had become so hard for people. And not only was I experiencing what was going on in the church building, as all 200 of us were worshiping Yeshua together, asking Him to return with such fervency, but I also, in the vision, saw what was happening outside the church in the streets. And I saw the oppression, Sid, that people were living under. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and He said to me, the anointing that you have that can transform those people that are on the outside that are living under oppression, the anointing you have to transform them is hope. And that was a message to me that we carry an anointing, God's people, of hope. And this is what the world needs, not just hope in the motivational sense of the word, but the hope of Jesus, the hope that we can have in Him in this dangerous world of chaos, to be protected in this world, to have peace of mind in this world, to live in victory in this world, to have purpose in this world. We have that hope, and it's transferable. And so many of God's people are afraid to witness. What I have found is, generally speaking, when I witness the hope of Jesus to people, people are thankful. And and it makes their day. And that's the national anthem of Israel, Hatikva. Amen. The hope, the hope is in knowing God, not knowing about God. That's a good first step. But knowing Him, experiential knowledge, the way Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and David knew God. Amen. They weren't perfect, but they loved God. Woo. And they had something the world doesn't understand bubbling up within them. Mm. They had supernatural joy despite what might have been happening all around. And that's what's about ready to happen to believers that sell out to God. And I'll tell you what, you repeat this prayer with me and mean it to the best of your ability, and you will have Hatifa inside of you. Amen. Say this out loud and mean it. Dear God, Dear God I've, made many mistakes, I've made many mistakes, of which I'm so sorry. I believe the blood of Yeshua, the blood of Jesus, Removes my sins, removes my mistakes. And today is the first day of the rest of my life. And I'm going to serve you as Lord. Amen. Amen. Rabbi, 
pray a very quick blessing over the people. Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance. And the Lord, beloved one, give you an increased measure of his peace. Shalom. Call or go online at SidRoth.org to get Rabbi Kurt Schneider's brand new book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. Plus, receive the brand new and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, The Power of the Blood of Yeshua. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9914. Now more than ever, God's people need to be grounded in their faith. We're moving into a time on earth where there's going to be such pressure to compromise. And those of us that are taking a stand for Jesus are going to be accused of being narrow-minded, bigoted, hateful. We can't let that stop us. And unless you know, beloved ones, that the blood of Jesus is the only means of salvation that our Creator has made, you're going to get washed away by compromise. With Rabbi Kurt's new book, you will see that for thousands of years, the Bible from beginning to end is the prophetic signpost pointing to God's Son, Jesus, as Savior of the world. No longer doubt and become totally positive that Jesus is the Messiah. See how the New Testament writers use numerous passages from the Old Testament to show that Jesus is the Messiah for the Jewish people and every person in the world. Have your eyes supernaturally opened so your witnessing about Jesus takes a big leap in effectiveness and power. Be able to make sense of the prophetic nature of the Bible and trust God's plan as never before. Grow in gratefulness to God and be reinforced in your faith as you discover God's wisdom, power, and love for you are deeper than you ever imagined. Be transformed in your understanding and experience the full meaning and power of the Gospels as the beauty of the roots of the faith are revealed. Be touched and amazed by the art, science, poetry, and math found in the dynamic prophecies about Messiah Jesus. And learn about the greatest prophecy. I go through the entire Word of God beginning in Genesis all through the Hebrew Scriptures, then through the New Testament, the Brichad Shah, and show you all the instances that illustrate this truth that I'm sharing. Beloved, the reason this is so important for us is because if we don't get this, we are going to be spiritually weak. With Rabbi Kurt's three-part audio CD teaching series, you will learn about Old Testament types and shadows that reveal the great significance of the blood of Yeshua. Realize how your salvation is grounded in the power of Yeshua's blood. See how a deeper understanding about Yeshua's blood will anchor you in faith, make you a bolder, more effective witness, and strengthen you to endure all things. Be assured that in our multicultural world, Yeshua is still the only way to find forgiveness for sins, be redeemed, be saved, and get to heaven, and much more. Rabbi Kurt Schneider will pray anointed prayers of faith over you. Call or go online at SidRoth.org to get Rabbi Kurt Schneider's revelatory new book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. Plus, receive the brand new and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching series, The Power of the Blood of Yeshua. Yours for a donation of $35, shipping and handling 
handling is included. Ask for offer number 9914 or send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9914. Next week on It's Supernatural. Hi, I'm Tori Marcel Harper. God showed me what this last great move of his spirit will look like and the reason why some might miss it. Join me on the next It's Supernatural with Sid Roth, and I will share with you how you can be a part of God's last and greatest move. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide. 